and I'll explain it to you as we go. So it's right. a, it's half outtake and it's a promo for you and it's a promo for me. So it, the way my show goes is you'll hear one of these. It sounded like out of the nowhere, it's confusing and it pisses people off sometimes, but Mm -hmm. it's meant to be funny and a promo. So uh, what we do is you say something like, hey, this is Tony Carlston from bestdayofmylife.com and you are listening to Jeff Smith on Vroom Vroom Veer. Listen up. Something like that. Okay. And then I use that on somebody else's show at the beginning and then there's an intro and then their show starts. See, so that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. So fun. when you hear your show, don't freak out. <laughs> it'll be okay. it'll be me talking with somebody else, <laughs> and you'll okay. you'll send me a mad email saying what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I like it. It's okay. like uh, when a when a DJ goes on. I mean, that kind of artist goes exactly. on. Exactly. See, you get it. Local radio station. Yes. Yes. It's like, hey, this is Ellis Cooper, and you're listening to KRKQ or something, right? Yeah. This is go. Tony Carlston with Best Day of My Life, and you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer. Yes, you got it. <laughs> okay, I'm with you. Okay, anytime you're ready, hit it. Well, what do you want me to say exactly? Vroom Vroom Veer podcast, radio? Like, what, what do you call your show? I just call it Vroom Vroom Veer. Okay. This is Tony Carlston with Best Day of My Life. And you're listening to Vroom Vroom Veer. Veer? Veer? How do you say it? Veer? Veer. Vroom Veer. Vroom Veer. Yes. You know, I'm a car guy. I should not have said that. Veer. Vroom Vroom Veer. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Yeah, yeah. This is the, Tony. I, go ahead. I'm gonna hit it again. Hit hey, it. this is Tony Carlson with Best Day of My Life, and you're listening to Jeff on Room Room Veer. Yay! Yes, no, perfect. It's not that good. It's all right though. Medium. <laughs> hey, give it a medium. <laughs> if you want to do it again, go for it. <sighs> okay, we're gonna do it again. <laughs> it's, it, it's, what's your full name, Jeff? What? Just Jeff. Jeff or Jeff Just, Smith? Jeff. Okay. Both well, boring. So you know. I was gonna say very generic. Yes. Very good. I like Correct. it. <laughs> Easy to say though. This is Tony Carlson, owner of Best Day of My Life, and you're listening to Room Room Veer with Jeff. Whoop, whoop. Okay. Whoop, whoop. Let's call that a promo. Uh, all right. All I'm going right, to hit stop. I'll be right back. Okay. Are you ready to thoughtfully steer away from your revved up, frenzied, and far too often scripted life? Then welcome to Room Room Veer with Jeff Smith where he guides you down the road differently traveled by sharing unique experiences with guests who have managed to shift away from a life stuck on cruise control and veered their way into a more authentic and fulfilling one in all sorts of interesting and kind of remarkable ways. Get ready to Vroom Vroom Veer with your differently traveled road chauffeur, Jeff Smith. Johnny F.D. Thank you so much for being on Vroom Vroom Veer and welcome to the show. How's it going? Jeff, great to be here. I'm really excited. Yeah. And where are you in the world, by the way? So I'm actually in California. And nice. Okay. ironically, even though I'm from here, I'm almost never back home. Yeah. So you actually caught me at a good time. Yeah, there you go. And it's no big time difference. So good for you. <laughs> so before we get started diving into uh, the whole Vroom Vroom Veer of your life, uh, let's talk a little bit about what you've got going on at johnnyfd.com. Yeah, so that's my personal blog that I started, you know, eight or ten years ago, where I really was just writing to friends and family while I was traveling. Okay. And now, you know, people keep in touch with Instagram or, you know, through WhatsApp. But you know, ten years ago, your friends and your family would, you know, read your blog once in a sure, while. Sure, sure, yeah. Like, oh, you know, what's Johnny been up to the last couple of months? Right. So on there, it was never really intended to make money or be a business. It was just a place for me to share what I was doing, gather my thoughts, be able to share you know, what's been working. I got gotcha. you. And throughout that process, I ended up kind of sharing 
my whole journey of, you know, going through scuba diving, going through uh, Muay Thai, and then making money online with online businesses, both with Amazon Kindle, with drop shipping, with other e-commerce, with, you know, the courses, with Udemy, with all these different experiments that have become my life. And somehow <laughs> over the years, that blog is now also a business. <laughs> See, that's the best kind of business, I think. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think, you know, when you write something out of passion or you do something out of passion and it delivers good value and it's easy for people to find, that in turn will automatically generate profit without you even, you know, focusing on it. I, and I think it's it's operating from a sort of like more, what's the Ooh. word? Natural? No, not natural. Maybe it's just like, it's like, oh, hey, look, you're, you're sort of like noticing an opportunity uh, to make money instead of saying, I'm going to make money and I'll do X, Y, Z, right? <laughs> you know, and because the, the, the other way to say, I'm, I need to make money now, um, you're guessing a lot about people, what people want, right? And what they might pay for. Whereas if you've got this thing <laughs> that's already going and you realize, hey, man, this could make money if I did this. All, right? So yeah, I, I like that when it's it's sort of like you never intended to have it make money, but suddenly people are showing up kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And you know, kind of throughout the process, I have figured out what works. And I actually even created a course called Income Boss where I just basically broke down and said, like, this is my dashboards. These are my Google Analytics. These are the sources that, you know, the blog articles that people are actually clicking. Yeah. These are the ones that look like they're very popular, but have never actually made me any money. These are the ones that aren't as popular, but, you know, are count for 80% of the income I've made. Sure. Yeah. And, and when you share like, like income reports, right, <laughs> then people know that you're not BSing, right? So it's like, hey, look, I'm doing it so you can do it too. It's really good. Yeah. 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 I like that. It's amazing. Okay. So before we get too deep, uh, let's go back in time. So, all right. So I, the, the amazing story starts around 2008, right? And then goes forward to now, which we'll get to and we'll talk about. But I want to know what was Johnny like before 2008? So where did you grow up? So I grew up in San Francisco. Okay. I had a kind of a normal life. Moved to LA to go to college. And right. to be honest, okay. you know, I thought I had did, did everything right. You know, I, I went to a good university. Uh, I graduated with honors. I got a good corporate job. And I was just unhappy. I was really depressed. And not in a not in a way where it was like, you know, you know, my life's in shambles. It was just, hey, you know, I did everything I was supposed to do. Where's the happiness? Where's the excitement? Right. And I remember never being able to take a vacation. You know, even the two weeks a year that Americans are promised, when, you know, those first couple of years you're working, first off, you don't have the money to go anywhere. Right. And second, you're afraid to lose your job. So you don't even want to ask your boss for two weeks off. Wow. Right. So, you know, the only thing I had was going out on weekends, going to Vegas, you know, once in a while, you know, you know, for a Labor Day weekend. Like or a mini trip kind of thing. For a mini trip. Yeah. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, it's time to find a girlfriend, get married. But I had no idea how to even do that. So it actually led me down a big rabbit hole of, you know, trying to figure out how to pick up women at bars. And after, you know, years of trying to figure out like what life was really about, what made me happy, I ended up, you know, buying, you know, 
clothes that I didn't care about to try to impress others, mm. you know, using cheesy pickup lines that I would never, <laughs> you, know, you know, it's embarrassing to even talk about now. Yeah, yeah. But, no, I think everybody has these, I, I, I went over to the dark side to see what what, it, what was going on, kind of, I, yeah, so that's okay. That's why yeah. I asked, because, you know, I, I like to get that, you know, so, okay, so give us an example of one of those cheesy lines. Oh, God, I can't, even, I can't remember now, but... I mean, literally, it was every weekend was going out just trying to, you know, say, impress, hey, look at me, impress. look how cool right, I am. Right, right, right. Okay. You know, look, look at this fancy clothes I'm wearing. Look at this car I rented, you know. And it wasn't until I went to Thailand on a vacation and we're, you know, you're wearing $2 t-shirts, you're wearing, you know, these knockoff flip-flops. And you realize none of that matters. None you know, of that matters. Yeah. more happening. So that, that's good. You learned that. Yeah, and it was actually perfect timing because of, you know, getting into, you know, the self-help part, even though I, you know, I, I probably got in for the wrong reasons, you know, I probably got in to be like, okay, you know, if I can be cooler, then, you know, people will be impressed. But what happened was it led me to reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and then eventually Four Hour Work Week, which right. I actually read on the plane to Thailand, and that ended up changing my life. Oh, yeah. I love Tim Ferriss, by the way. <laughs> Big Tim Ferriss fan. You know, and people, a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but I've, I've, I've heard like a lot of people say, man, his books are really big, right? And they are. I can't argue with that. But to me, reading a Tim Ferriss book, I think I've read like, I read uh, Four Hour Work Week, Four Hour Body. Um, I didn't read the one about uh, the Four Hour Chef. I skimmed it a little bit, but not so much. But I did read Tools of Titans and then the Tribe of Mentors. And all of those, to me, are like therapy. <laughs> I reread them because they make me feel good. You know, it's like it's a, like a little bit of philosophy, you know, for a positive life kind of a feel. So, yeah, I'm huge Tim Ferriss fan. You should be on yeah. this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I would love to. Tim, yeah. if you're listening. Tim, if you're listening, yes, have Johnny on your show. Um, but before we get too deep into your, your life, I forgot to do my teasing. So we're going to learn later on um, why in the hell... <laughs> You wanted to fight a, a a pro, a professional Muay Thai kickboxer. Am I saying that right? Muay Thai? Yeah. Muay All right. Thai. All right. And then we're also going to talk about how you had made up this goal to make $30,000 and ended up making, what was it, like a half a million? Yep. Okay. So we're not going to talk about that yet, but we're going to talk about it later. So don't let me forget. <laughs> okay. So you are working this shitty corporate job you're buying like clothes you don't need um to impress people you probably are not going to like anyway and then you go to thailand okay so this is like the trans the transformative moment of the johnny story so what what was that what happened on that first trip to thailand you know in the beginning, I, just, I was just trying different things I, you know i tried a cooking class i tried you know these different tours and on the very last day, I thought, hey, what is this scuba diving thing? Let me, let me try it just so I can take a photo. And maybe with the photo of me being underwater in scuba gear, I can go back to L.A. and impress some girls. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that's great. I, okay. You know, so, you know, yeah. again, I did everything for the wrong reasons. But it led me to discovering scuba diving and just loving it and thinking, wow, this is so peaceful. It's so beautiful. Mm, yeah. I, want, I want to do this for the rest of my life. 
And wow. Okay. I was speaking to my dive instructor, this guy named Rene Christophe. He was the Swiss German guy, or Swiss French guy. And I said, How did you, you know, get started in this? You know, because obviously he's not from Thailand. He's he's an expat living there. Mm. And right, he told wow. me his whole story, okay. you know, and it was the perfect setting. It was a beautiful sunny day. We we're on a boat going for three hours out to the dive site, you know, in the middle of, of the ocean off the coast of Phuket. So I had all this time to, you know, to think and talk to him. And I decided I'm going to go home. I'm going to sell my stuff. I'm going to come back here and I'm going to learn how to, to teach diving. Oh, wow. Right then and there. Yeah. I mean, well, I, I was really, really lucky that I had just read Tim Ferriss' book, The Far Work Week. Okay. And I remember there was a, an exercise in there that was, you know, basically said, imagine everything goes wrong. Yeah. <laughs> no, it. it's, it's the best. Yes. Yeah. It says, yeah. you know, you know, imagine you, you give this dream a shot, write down how long it would take you to get back to exactly where you were today if you, you gave it a gamble and the worst case scenario happened. And I thought, okay, I would, you know, I'd have to replace all my stuff, my furniture, my clothes, my cars. You know, I'd have to get a new apartment. I'd have to, I'd have to get a new job. And I, you know, and I thought about it. I was like, well, you know, I guess I can stay with my parents for a few months. Even though I don't, I don't want to. I can get a job that I might not like, but I don't like the one I have now, anyways. Right. I can just get new clothes. I can buy a new car. And I, I realized you, I the, the, yeah, yeah. The worst case scenario is not that bad. Yeah, and it would literally take me three or four months just to get my life back. And okay. I thought, is that worth the gamble? And I thought, yeah, why, why not? It's so not so bad. I flew home. I sold all my stuff. I had two cars at the time, a house full of furniture, so much clothes. You know, and it, I, I just got rid of everything. You know? okay. um, I, had, I don't think I had any money saved up because I spent it all on the trip. But from selling the car and selling you know, the couple of things that people would buy off Craigslist – I saved up maybe five or six thousand dollars, okay. and I thought this is enough to get back to Thailand, take the training course, which is about you know a thousand five hundred dollars, and be able to live cheaply for a few months while I did the training, and then hopefully got a job. Okay, it was scary, but it all worked out. <laughs> yeah, it sounds scary as hell. So I take it you were uh, uh, you were single at the point at this point. You know, it's it's funny. I actually had a girlfriend. You did have a you had yeah. okay had a girlfriend. All right, okay. But the, the thing was, I knew that neither of us were, were right for each other. I knew uh, that. Wow. Okay. The reason why she was with me is because I was really nice to her, and it was, and I was just a better person in her life than her, you know, ex boyfriend who was a drug addict. Wow. So, okay. And I was with her because I thought, you know, being with this pretty blonde girl from L.A was going to, you know, make me happy, you know, make me look cool. Okay. And so I just knew we were in the relationship for the wrong reasons. And it was perfect because when I had decided, you know, to make this move, at the exact same time, she decided to get her act together, move back to Colorado with her parents and just, you know, quit, you know, quit this crazy life in LA. Okay. So it was almost kind of serendipitous at, at the same time this all happened. Yeah, I like that, you know, and, and this is a good opportunity to bring up the fact that, you know, I just escaped living in California, too. <laughs> Congrats. Thank you. <laughs> I've got a new rule now. California is a great place to visit. I wouldn't want my tax home there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. 
right? Okay. So, all right. So get, let's get into the weeds a little bit about what it was that, how long did it take you to get like, a established there doing your scuba diving course and, and how, how, how much did you spend, um, on say like your rent and your expenses for the first little while while you're in Thailand? So when I was living in LA, I was paying $1,500 a month to share, you know, a a three bedroom house. Right. Uh, You know, I had a a car payment that was, you know, $350. I had insurance, which is a couple hundred dollars. So in total, my expenditures were about, you know, $3,000 or so, or so a month. Sounds about right. And I thought, okay, you know, that I can live in Thailand for two months if I spend three grand or if I can just get that as low as possible. I can extend that runway. And sure. what I did was I actually, I didn't even book a place in advance because I, I went to this little island called Koh Tao that I had never heard of, but I knew it was a, a good spot to learn how to dive. Okay. I got the cheapest hotel I can find for you know, $15 a night. Ooh, and then I just nice. started walking around the island looking for accommodations and then, you know, just asking, you know, how much is it for a month? How much is it for a month? And I thought, you know, maybe I can get it for $700 a month and, you know, it can last me um, a little bit longer. I ended up finding a place for, I, I can't even remember specifically now. I think it was maybe like three or $400 a month. That's it pretty was, cheap. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a bamboo hut in a coconut field. But I was <laughs> okay. a 10-minute walk from the dive shops and the beach. And I thought, this is all I need. Right. And the funniest thing is when I had you know, got shown the place, I opened the door and it was just this empty room, you know, with kind of bamboo and this mat on the floor. And I said, I'll take it. <laughs> and the, okay. the guy showing me the place is that he said, you don't want to see the, the rest of the, the, the room. And I thought, Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize there was more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Cause so you were, just, you were I mean, just sold on the, on the, on I was the so expense. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I thought, you know what, I can sleep on the floor, you know, um, I'm, I'm close to everything I, I, I want to be at. This is a change of life. And this is completely different than my life in L.A. where, you know, I had, the, I had bought the most expensive bed I could find with, you know, the nicest wood frames I could find. And just it was just a complete 180. Right. right but I right. think that's what I needed. I, I really think sometimes to kind of kick off, you know, start a new life, you can't just slowly veer – you know, into another lane, you really have to speed up first. Yeah, for sure. You know, and I think you had that, that aha moment was like when you first went, you're like, you know, you kind of like it travel does that. Right. And that Tim, Tim Ferriss talks about that quite a bit. It's like you go to a new place and especially a place like Thailand, you know, it's like, it's so damn hot. Right. And there's so many people. Right. And, and everybody's just like happy but nobody is trying to keep up with anybody named Kardashian or Jones, right? It's just, it's just humanity stripped of all pretense and everybody's just having a good time. I'm sure there's hoity-toity people hanging around Thailand too. But, you know, there's plenty of people doing just fine on way less than what we make in the U.S., right? Yeah. yeah. I really think, you know, in general, people are just very happy. And yeah. one of the, the, the best reasons is because there's so much knockoff brands there that if you had a Louis Vuitton purse or, you know, you're wearing an Armani shirt, people would just assume it's fake anyways. So nobody <laughs> What's cared. the point, right? Nobody gives a shit. 
That's a good point. I love that. Okay. So, all right. So we're about the time. So now let's talk before we get into the uh, kickboxing stuff. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, how long did you spend um, learning and teaching scuba? So the training course was only a few months long. Okay. Uh, gotcha. And I did an internship you know, at that shop after. I basically worked for free in exchange for some work experience. You know, I was carrying tanks and helping people set up gear. You know, it was a lot of kind of manual labor, but it was a labor of love. Yeah. Because I loved diving and it's so expensive to do it as a hobby, you know, more than, you know, once in a blue moon. I wanted to dive every day. Right. So instead of spending, you know, a hundred dollars a day diving, I got paid, you know, zero dollars, but I got to dive for free. And eventually I got good enough. You know, and the customers liked me enough, the staff trusted me enough, but they said, okay, you know, we can pay you $600 a month. Wow. And I said, I'll take it. I'll <laughs> <Because> take it. <laughs> yeah. I'm you in know, Thailand. Was, Everything's cheap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this right. is going from making $48,000 a year back in California, but my expenses were cut down so low that I wasn't spending more than $600 a month. Right. Not so even I said, close. this is perfect. Yeah. Right. That's perfect. Wow. Okay. So how, how long that lasts about... It looks like uh, about two years ish. Yeah, actually, it, it went okay. kind of off and on. Um, okay, I would get bored after you know of an of a of an island every six months or so because they're pretty small. You know, there's usually either no cars or just not very big. And the dive sites are great, you know, but once you go there to the same place, you know, thirty times, you want to see something new. Sure, and you would always hear about, you know, this other island somewhere that has more, you know, has like sea turtles or another island that has manta rays to dive with or, you know, something cool. Yeah. And what's really nice about having a dive master certification, and it doesn't even matter what company you do it through, as long as you are certified as a dive master, you can work anywhere in the world. Oh, nice. So I worked okay. all over Thailand. I went to Borneo. I went to uh, Central America for a while, the Caribbeans. And I really got to just do this hobby for the next, you know, two, three, four years. And I got a thousand dives under my belt. Wow. I, I did the calculation and I realized on average, you know, I'm underwater for 40 minutes and about an hour each time. I have now spent the equivalent of one month underwater. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> wow. That's a lot of, and and you're not, are you going like deep or are you just going to like the, the Uh, first level? Yeah. It's always different. Um, it's actually much prettier when you're not that deep. Oh no, I get it. Right. Right. Yeah. It's 12 meters or 30 feet. Because Because if you start going deep, then, then, then there's no light. Right. Yeah, exactly. So once in a while you do it, you know, because you want to see a shipwreck or there's big down there, but in general, you know, just standard clear water diving is the best. Understood. That sounds like you had a blast. So you're traveling all over the world as a dive master. Yeah. And I mean, and you think about it, most divers that you meet, you know, from the U S or from, you know, um, a normal, the normal life, they are saving up, you know, to go on a dive trip once a year. Okay. Right. The whole year, you know, they're saving a bunch of money. Yeah. Then go there and they have seven days and they have 10 days and they're like, okay, I got to do as much as I can. And then, you know, they save up for another two or three years to do it. I was able to bypass all of that and say, let me just 
dive in the best places in the world now. And yeah. some of the places I worked at, you know, were dive resorts. So I got to hang out and eat the same restaurants that the, that the guests were paying, you know, hundreds of dollars a night to, to be at. You know, yeah. I got to walk on the same, you know, white sand beaches, you know, go on the same dive sites. It was great. It's hilarious that I just realized now there's a, um, I just started this new job a couple weeks ago, right? And there's this guy who does the network stuff uh, for the office. And, uh, and we've been screaming for this guy not because he's not there, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, he's diving in Palau. He'll be back next Thursday. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> right? And he's also like a black belt in something, right? So they, his nickname is the Ninja. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You know, like most people with jobs are saving, you know, for the whole year to do one, one trip to some exotic place. And, uh, and you totally hack that system. So good on you. I love it. Yeah. I definitely recommend it to, to everyone. And, you know, if that is, if, if you can, if you found something that you're so passionate about that you want to do every day, you know, and you think you want to do it for the rest of your life, even though in reality, you probably get tired of it. You know, we get tired of anything after a few sure, years. Of course. But, yeah. You know, if you are lucky enough to have found something that you just love doing, I guarantee you there's a way to just do it, you know, as a job, even if you're not making any money from it and just right. be able to do it and just and enjoy the crap out of it. I'll, I'll never regret those, you know, three or four years of my life, even though I wouldn't want to go through that again now. Right. I know. Well, you've had enough. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I'm yeah. so happy I did it. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I think most people are more on that side of the passion thing. It's like there was this movie. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Oh, adaptation. Uh, it, I think it was uh, Nicolas Cage before he was a joke, but it, it was it was a good movie. <laughs> but um, there there was another actor in this movie adaptation that was um, he was like in the story of the movie he was like the world's most uh, premanent uh, pr- what a what, whatever that word is I can't remember now. Um, he was like the number one uh, world expert in orchids, or, and it, not just orchids, but this one's very specific orchid, right? <laughs> and and he's like just a mad scientist in on this orchid, okay? And and then he tells this story about like before there were there were flowers, I was all into fish, right? I was the world's expert in exotic fish, and then one day I woke up and I said fuck fish <laughs> and, right so I, I love that story because i'm that sort of personality too it's like okay done with that now you know it's like just because i'm passionate about something one day doesn't mean it's gonna last my whole life you know i don't think most people are like that yeah and i think a lot of people use that might use that as an excuse saying oh see you know that you know i it's good that i never pursued my passion because four years later look, look what happens no, not, no, that's it, right. It's not like that at all. No, no, you, you missed out on like having a good time for four years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think that there are like, um, there's a min- minority of people that can find that one thing like a guitar or, you know, drums or painting or whatever it is. Right. And, and they can just spend their, the rest of their life happy as a clam doing that. 
right? And good for them. That's awesome. It's just not me. And it doesn't yeah. sound like it's you either. And it doesn't no, sound like it's I a lot honest, of people. Yeah. I wish I wish that was me because my life would be so much simpler. It seems I like it just, might be simpler. Just do one thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, it sounds boring to me. It, you don't have to, to, to tell you the truth. I don't know if I'd want to do one thing. But anyway, we digress. So, okay. So four years scuba. Uh, traveling the world, uh, doing something you love every day where most people only get to do it once a year and spend way too much money and you get paid to do it. Good yep. hack. Well done. Okay. Thank so you. now something enters your brain and you say, hmm, you know, this is a good idea. I'll go get my ass kicked by a professional Muay Thai kickboxer. What yep. the fuck? <laughs> so part of that diving experience, I was living on a small island called Kolanta in Thailand. Okay. And Beautiful place, lots of, you know, a great honeymoon destination, great place to dive. But on my days off, I was bored. I had nothing to do. And I thought, you know what, let me go to, the, you know, let me find a gym. And there was a Muay Thai gym. You know, it's in Thailand. Kickboxing is a big thing. Yeah, they, they take going. that so seriously. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, I, at first, honestly, I went just to get in shape. But, you know, as it happens, you know, your ego gets in the way. And you start thinking like, oh, you know, I'm great at this. <laughs> I could be really good. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember seeing um, one of my kind of classmates, you know, went to one of his fights. It's so exciting. You know, it's, you know, you have a big, you know, uh, crowd in the audience. I saw his photo on a poster and he lost. And I was watching him and I was like, I could have been that guy. Mm-hmm. And I said, I want to challenge that guy, you know, uh, next week. Wow. He accepted, walked into the ring. And immediately, I think after the you know the first time you get punched in the face and you realize, oh my god, what did I get myself into? <laughs> the first punch. Yeah, and <laughs> I knew I had you know five more rounds of this. Yeah, and I was just you know I mean I I had realized at that very moment this is one of the first things in my life I cannot talk my way out of. You've signed up for it. You're committed. You either you know fight your way out, or you get knocked out. And <laughs> I was exhausted. I realized how bad you know how bad of shape I was actually in. Yeah. You know, yeah. even though I thought I was in good shape, you know, I realized how low my actual skill was. Even though I thought I was gonna gonna be awesome, and I, I actually remember seeing a meme on I think it was on on the Onion or some satire site that said uh, new study shows that you know ninety seven percent of of men. Uh, vastly, you know, overrated their ability to uh, to take a punch and and uh, and have a fight. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, <laughs> and it's absolutely true. And you know, at this time, I was kind of transitioning away from scuba diving just because I had done it for so long, and I was losing the passion for it a little bit. And I actually remember thinking, I never want to hate it. I never want to wake up and be that guy. You know who I would uh, and I would work with a lot of these guys. They were most of them were instructors because that's kind of like the next level when you get paid a little bit more. Um, but they were you know older guys usually in their forties or fifties, and they were all from from England for whatever reason. But they were grumpy. They were so unhappy all the time. And I, I would use, I used to ask them why are you so unhappy? We're on this beautiful island. You get to dive every day. You know it's this is a great life. And I finally realized it's because they have to do it. They don't have another option. This is 
their thing, you know, and they don't want to go back to England where it's, you know, cold and depressing. Dark. They don't have any, yeah, dark. <laughs> yes. They don't okay. have any other skill sets. This is it. And I never wanted to be that guy. That makes sense. So I found Muay Thai and I decided, hey, you know what? This is my chance in life to redeem myself for, you know, all the times I was an idiot, you know, all the times I was a bit of a douchebag. And let me just find out who I, you know, who I really am, what I'm really made out of. So I spent wow. the next you know, two or three years just training. I was living at different Muay Thai gyms, you know, all around Thailand. And I would, you know, train there and then I would compete for the gym under kind of like under their promotion, which would always draw on the crowd, you know, not because I was great or anything, just because they liked being able to say, you know, like, you know, fighter from America, you know, against, um, you know, uh, like to, you know, uh, local Thai fighter. Okay. And most gyms had a program where you can basically, you know, uh, sleep and train for free as long as you committed to fight uh, under the gym. Okay. So, so basically they, you're signing up to get your butt kicked? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but for you. Was, you know, another kind of easy travel hack yeah. to be able to <laughs> yeah. okay. for your lift and just do your passion. Okay. okay. That's amazing. Good for you. <laughs> So what happened in that first fight? Did you literally get your ass kicked? Yeah, okay. I literally got my, my, okay. my butt kicked. Now, did, did, it, did it last? The, did you go five rounds or did you get knocked no. out? No. Luckily, like I was just, just running around trying to defend. I was exhausted. I think the referee saw and felt bad for me after the third round and he just called it. Oh, he TKO'd you. Oh, yeah. because you were, you were basically just trying to run away. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I mean, it, honestly, it was, it was super embarrassing to admit, but is, I think that was the best thing that's ever happened to me. That was, you know, a real kind of shock to my, to my ego. Mm. And I've been humbled ever since then. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing like a nice punch in the face. Or a boot to the head to humble you, right? Oh, yeah. I think everybody should get punched in the face once in their life just to, just to know what oh, it yeah. feels like. Oh, yeah. Um, so, okay. So how long did you end up uh, being a fighter? I, I did it for about two years. I had six pro fights under my belt. Wow. Okay. And, and the great thing was during that time, I was blogging about you know the experience, the running reviews of the different gyms. And also just, you know, blogging about the cost of living in Thailand in general. Right. Uh, and eventually, when I, when I, you know, got done with my sixth fight, and I lost that last fight, uh, I, had, I had won a few of them in between. So, okay. you know, the nice. overall, you know. So you got a little bit better? Yeah. You know, definitely improved. Um, but I realized after the sixth fight, you know, I'm turning 30. Uh, I can't do this for the rest of my life. You know, I'm not good enough for this can be a career, you know, making a couple hundred bucks a month, you know, living, you know, at the gym. It just, it's, it's, it was a great chapter, but it's, it's, you know, it has to come to an end. Sure. And I, my bank account was dwindling down. I had about a thousand dollars in, you know, in my, my whole life, I guess. Okay. Wow. And I thought, okay, this is, this is kind of my emergency fund to fly home. And I thought, I, I don't want to go home. If I go back to San Francisco, I failed. Right. And I think in retrospect, you know, what we had talked about, it wouldn't have been a failure. I would have experienced, you know, five years of, you know, pursuing my passion, seeing the world, you know, doing things I loved. But at the time, I really dreaded thinking 
I have to move back with my parents, get a job that I hate, and give this up. So I called my cousin, who's a, who's um, you know a bit older. You know, he was the only one that I knew that had you know that had a good job. So he had, you know, I assumed he had a, you know quite a bit of money. And I said, "Hey, you know, I hate to ask, but um, if I need to borrow some money in in you know in a few months, can you get me home?" And he, you know, and you know, I've never asked him for anything in my life, you know, in my life. And he said, "Yeah, you know, yeah, sure, just let me know." Oh so wow, thought, that was easy. I'm, I'm gonna spend this last thousand dollars and just try to make my life work. Try to be able to, um, you know, to make some money online so okay. I can from Thailand. And I decided to turn my blog uh, and kind of all my experiences into a book. And I called it 12 Weeks in Thailand, The Good Life on the Cheap. Nice. And, you know, honestly, at the time, I had never met anyone who had written a book. I, you know, I had no idea how to publish one, you know, but right, self-published right. was, was getting big at the time. So, you know, I wrote the book, put it on Kindle, and, you know, I started making a couple hundred dollars a month. I thought, okay. wow, this works. Yeah. I can- Thailand, that's almost rent. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it <laughs> my rent at the time was $120 a month. So I actually wow. had $80 a month left over to eat, you know, cheap Thai food. Yeah. yeah. And it was just enough to kind of get by. Right. Wow. Awesome. So when did you make this goal to make uh, $30,000? So even though it was great making, you know, a couple hundred dollars a month, I realized I like I, I can't afford to, you know, to do anything. I can't afford to fly home. I can't, you know, there was an emergency. I can't go to the hospital. So I, I thought if I can be a Thai millionaire, which, which is about $30,000, okay, then, then I would be set. You know, and I, and I knew it wouldn't last me for the rest of my life, but I just thought if I can have a $30,000 buffer in the bank, I, then I would know that no matter what happened, I would have a few years to figure it out. You know, that might be enough money to, to, you know, make some interest from, to be able to, to kind of offset some costs. Sure. But just in general, it was just this big goal that I didn't know if it would happen, but I knew that if I could do it, in my mind, it was like retiring in Thailand. Okay. Gotcha. And to symbolize it, you know, I started uh, going to the mall every day, just a window shop, and I was looking at this gold watch thinking, this is it. You know, when people in the U.S. retire when they're 65 or now it's 67 and, you know, soon they're, I'm sure they're going to raise it again. Yeah. They give you – the company traditionally would give you a gold watch just to symbolize it. Right. So I remember going to the mall pretty much every other day just looking at the watch. And I had, I had a girlfriend at the time and she thought I was crazy. She's like, why don't you just buy the watch? It's only $200. <laughs> I love it. And I thought, like I said, no, like it's not about the, you know, the value of the watch. It's about getting to that goal. You know, at the time, you know, I had, I was making the $200 a month uh, from the book, but then I had started another online business. It was a, a drop shipping business where I would right. sell physical items online. And instead of having you know, inventory up front, I would just become an authorized dealer for, you know, furniture brands and different products, expensive products. And I would just have them ship directly to the customer. Okay. So I was able to run, you know, this e-commerce business from Thailand. Uh, it's actually kind of something that Tim Ferriss talked about. I think right. he's an example of uh, French sailor shirts. I used, you know, I followed a different method where I was selling, you know, more expensive furniture, but it was the same concept. 
So you get like a little transaction kind of fee, basically. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was actually like pretty good margins. I was making, you know, I think the first month I made $1,000 and I thought, wow, this wow. is Wow. That's like, like t- now you're living large. Exactly. And wow. I just nice. plugging away and, you know, I, and what I'm so happy about is, and I think this is actually what really launched my blog was I had documented the whole thing. You know, I would, mm. I would share what I was doing to start the store. Uh, I was sharing, you know, how excited I was. I think I wrote that the first blog post, you know, at like four in the morning when I, wow, that first sale, and I was so excited just sharing the news. And people have been able to follow along, you know, uh, just you know throughout these throughout the whole journey where they're like, okay, he's making two hundred dollars a month now, you know, from Kindle. Then he's trying this, that didn't work. Now he's trying this, you know, that's working now. And it's kind of just a, it was almost like a you know, a way for someone to live vicariously through my mistakes and what I was going through. Yeah. And so I have a lot of, yeah, uh, go ahead. I have a lot of people now, you know, 10 years later that contact me saying, Hey, I've been following your blog and I've been reading johnnyfd.com for the last, you know, 10 years. It's like, it's amazing how, how far you've come. Yeah. And it's almost kind of, it's sometimes it's kind of almost hard to believe like how different my life was. But I'm so glad I, I wrote that book, 12 Weeks in Thailand, where literally the, the concept of the book was how to live cheaply in Thailand for $600 a month. Nice. And when I, was, when I started making $6,000 a month, you know, while also you know, living in Thailand, it was just a whole new life. It was, it was, it was just incredible. Wow. Well, congratulations. Okay. And now you're retired. Yeah. Kind of. The <laughs> only reason why I was able to do that was because when I started making, you know, six thousand dollars plus a month, instead of spending six thousand dollars plus a month in California, yeah, which, right, which right. you know you probably do, especially as you make more money, you spend more money. Right. You, know, you buy a nicer car, you move into the nicer place, you, yeah. you know, yeah. eat more expensive meals. I would upgrade my apartment in Thailand, but instead of you know going to a, a three thousand dollar a month place, I would you know move up from a you know, from the $200 a month apartment to a $300 a month apartment or to a $400 a month apartment. Yeah. And you're and still hugely, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But I was able to save 75% of my income. Wow. Stash it away into yeah. you know, savings account into investments. Awesome. Yeah. And you don't need that much. I mean, money goes really far. So that's amazing. Yeah. And to be honest, I mean, even, you know, at, at the peak, uh, at one point I was making, you know, when I started making over six figures, I started making $150,000 a year. Wow. I was still only spending $1,200 a month total. And that included my gym membership, yeah. the coaching space membership, you know, going out every day for food, living in a nice apartment in the center, you know, taking Ubers. It was like life in Thailand really is that much cheaper. Yeah. Well, and you're, and you learned the key lesson is it doesn't matter how much you make. It matters how much you keep. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So as we wrap up, t- talk, tell people uh, the best way to get in touch with Johnny FD. So if you listen to podcasts, which I'm sure you guys do, uh, uh-huh. I have a series called Travel Like a Boss. Awesome. Where I, I interview people who I meet on the road who are doing the same thing. They're traveling while making money online in all different types of businesses. Right. Uh, we meet up every year in, at the Nomad Summit in Thailand. So the next one is January nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. So I'd love to meet all of you guys there. Yeah, that but you know, like just if you guys want to see what I've been up to, you know, both 
to get to where I am today and what I'm up to today, just go to johnnyfd.com, my blog. Sweet. Johnny, this has been a blast. We should do this again. I, I, you're, you're the kind of guy that I want to keep tabs on because <laughs> I want to hit the road soon. Let's do it. I'm, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you for being here and have a good one. Yeah, you as well. All right. Take it easy. Thanks for taking the time to ride along with us on another episode of Vroom Vroom Veer. For podcast info and show notes, be sure to head over to vvveer.com. That's triple V-double-E-R.com. Man, that's fun to say. And we'll catch up with you next time here on Vroom Vroom Veer.